Hey there, and welcome to Industry Town. The Oscars just ended, Parasite cleaned up. I could not be more excited and thrilled, and to be honest, totally surprised. I love that movie, but I never thought I was going to win. I'm so happy right now. Uh, thank you to everyone who participated in our first ever Industry Town Oscar contest. I can't wait to start scoring the ballots and announcing winners real, real soon. Um, as always, we are presented by John Rosenfeld Studios, and uh, if you can, please let people know that you're listening to the show spread the word give us a review on itunes or spotify tell a friend hit us up on social media enough of that now on to today's episode today's guest is tammy lynn she is a senior publicist with over 20 years of experience she's the founder of spotlight pr company a boutique firm offering affordable and a la carte publicity for actors filmmakers and creators of every level from small independent projects to major studios and networks we're talking about press releases press kits epks bios strategies strategy sessions, so much more. I've had great experiences working with her. Personally, she's done press releases for a number of my projects, and that's gotten me press and fantastic interviews, and I learn a ton every time we talk, especially this time. Uh, Tammy was kind enough to do some amazing giveaways for this episode, so listen up on that. Everyone who listens has access to her PR toolkit and press guide, which basically tells you how to prepare for, for publicity. This is just for Industry Town listeners. The link is in the show notes. Um, and also, the bigger giveaway, the first five of you who email Tammy at Tammy at Spotlight PR Company will get 50% off her strategy session where she helps you promote your career or a specific upcoming project you have coming up. Tammy's just the absolute best. She gives an amazing interview. She has a ton of amazing info for you. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. And here's Tammy. Lock it up, very quiet and still. Ready? Scene one, take three, A mark. We are live. Hello, Tammy Lynn. Hello. Welcome to Industry Town. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So tell tell everyone who's listening, if they don't know what Spotlight PR is, what is Spotlight PR and what do you do? Okay. Spotlight is a boutique uh, PR firm that focuses on working with sort of journeyman actors and filmmakers and creators, those who are the working class, as I like to call you. Um, And we establish and try and help you build your buzz and sort of share your talents with the world. And I offer, it's a different type of service than a full PR agency. And this is where we're different, is that we are all a cart. So you really just purchase what you need when you need it instead of that giant three-month commitment of thousands of dollars. So normally when people think about PR or if they don't, haven't thought about PR, traditionally PR is you hire someone to be on retainer for you for months at a time at a, what is it, four-figure, five-figure? What are we talking here? At least four-figure into five, yeah. And then they are going to kind of manage everything for you. It is a huge expense. And when would you do that kind of PR? Okay, so, and absolutely, I have clients who I have sent on their way to go do that type of PR and have that. It's really people that need that are ones that are series regulars or have a really heavy recurring in a season of something. And it's usually, like with any PR, you Mm want to focus it on when that's gonna premiere or when that stuff is airing, when it's current. Okay. So that's usually when I'll tell people, you know, they'll call me and say, I just booked this, it's it's turning into a series regular. And that's when I'll say, hey, you may consider it because you wanna walk the carpets, you wanna get as much as you can, mm-hmm. you, wanna, you want it for an extended length of time, you wanna go on for three or four months while the project is airing, if it's a traditional release. Sure. You know, and, um, and it requires a lot more from your publicist. It's just, it's a 24 seven hands on, like walk you through, get huge, hopefully huge um, opportunities for you. That what should that, be what they're doing. What does that mean they're doing full time? Does that mean that they are calling and pitching various outlets that they're strategizing with you, that they are designing content for you to well, be a part of, uh, attaching you to brands? Okay, what are so they doing? That should be what they're doing. So I feel like a lot of people don't really know PR in general. They don't. You know? they don't. So I, let's, let's set the initial stage okay. and then we'll get to what you do a little bit. So yes, a, a good 
publicist, Mm -hmm. somebody who's doing their job, is going to be continually looking for top shelf ways, meaning going to the highest of outlets. When you're paying that kind of money, you want them to go to the big ones, right? Mm -hmm. To try and get coverage about you. Feature stories, interviews, any press opportunities that they can. Now they will should be approaching it from different angles, taking a look at they're going to know so much about your life, about your hobbies, about what you do on your own, about you know other interests. Plus, <clears throat> excuse me. Plus, they're going to know about your role in this project and how it you know what happens with that and what that means for your career. They should know everything about you so that they have all these different ways to approach and they can approach, you know, if you're an animal advocate, well, they may then go to outlets that focus on that. And that's how you get the cover of that magazine. Yeah, is that's because how you suddenly, end up on the cover you know, of you've, and everybody's seen that, right? Where you've seen an actor on a cover of a, of, you know, some animal advocate magazine. Okay, great. That's how they got that is because their publicist was smart enough to go, let's look at that angle because then we can approach those people. So this is how you would end up on your cover of Vanity Fair or Vogue or how you get booked for that first time on The Late Show and how you'd prep your story and your banter. Exactly. And those are all top shelf a-lister, you know, if you if you read or watch any of those, that's who you're seeing. It's very rare that you're going to find somebody on there who you either don't know the project mm-hmm. or have never and or have never seen them before. Yeah, they those always have people, something to promote. Exactly, and and those are all people who have done lots of other interviews that you may have not read or not seen. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, these are not their first time. This is not the you know you don't go out and just land on the Tonight Show. Now, is everyone going to hire that on their own or if I do some big studio movie or let's say I'm you know the new lead on this is us is the studio going to hire a publicist for the entirety of us great question okay the studio is going to do their own PR and in some cases they may utilize you as a part of their campaign Mm -hmm. but I always suggest get your own personal publicist too because they're looking out for you Whereas the studio's looking out for the project as a whole, yeah. right? Their focus is, yeah, we are introducing a new character and maybe we're going to get you one or two interviews, but the only thing they really want you talking about in that interview or with that you know, reporter is their project. Whereas if your personal publicist gets you that interview, not only can you talk about your current project, which is maybe why they're getting you and able to get the interview now, yeah. but you can talk about anything else you're working on. You can talk about your own projects maybe you're creating or your next project that you know. So it expands it and makes it more of a career, overall career focus. Gives you a platform. Yes. Exactly. That you can talk about anything you want then. So you have no, you don't owe anybody like the studio or the network anything mm-hmm. at that point. And it's important to remember that you're maybe a very important cog and a very impressive machine <laughs> that you enjoy being a part of, but you are part of something greater and they're going to be serving the needs of that more than they're going to be serving your needs first and foremost. Exactly, which is why you'll see most celebrities, they work with the studio PR team, sure, mm-hmm. and but they also have their own people. Mm-hmm. They have their own because that's who's looking out for their interest. And that's that person who also can, um, and I do this too, um, but on a much smaller scale, is work with the studio team or the production team to you know, go be the go-between so that if they're booking stuff that you don't like or if there's issues, you don't look like the bad guy. Let your public, let your people handle that, right? What a kind thing. Exactly. It's you're- the same way that like when you have a problem on set, you call your agent. Mm-hmm. Let them handle it so that you're not the jerk. Exactly. Right? Never want to be the jerk. No. And so it's the same in PR. When you, when you, somebody needs to prod them, hey, you know, what's happening here? Or what's the issue? Or this is not an, an opportunity that we think is good for her. Like, what's the deal? What's their focus? You know, getting all of that nitty gritty ironed out. Mm-hmm. It's not you doing it. So that you come off as sure, I'm always willing. I'm easygoing. I'm exactly. flexible. Exactly. You, I, of course. And I have no problems. My team has a couple exactly. issues. You blame it on your team, and then it, <laughs> and then people still want to work with you. It's your team that are the you know the, the hard team. people. Exactly. Okay, so you know I I teach acting classes as part of what we do here, and um, I will say that I think 
there is still some misconception for people about what is the goal um, in enacting career versus enacting pursuit or enacting hobby. Mm-hmm. And so you were talking about we need to get press for you rather than just the show. We need right. to create your platform, your brand. Forgive this maybe seeming like a naive question, but just to really call it out, why do I need that? Why do I need a brand? I'm an actor. I get cast in things. They have big budgets. Why do I personally need a brand? I think it is really important now more than ever to establish who you are and what you do so that producers, especially, I mean, they're everything is at everybody's fingertips, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody can search online and say, well, who is he? Who's that guy? Who's What's he working on? What was his latest project? Because that is so readily available now, you want to control that narrative. Yeah. You want to control what they, as much as possible, what they discover so mm-hmm. that they want to hire you, right? So the more positive, um, press articles or just the more positive of a brand in general and we and brand is such a big term I know but the more positive vibe let's say they can get from searching for you online or, or reading something about you the more likely they're gonna be like oh yeah he he would be cool I think he could do it that's what everything's always all about right is is people like to work with people that they like and people they want to hang out with on set for 12 hours a day mm-hmm. right so if you come off as somebody who <clears throat> is not only talented, but seems to be prom- promoting your projects, right? Mm-hmm. That's another one is, especially if you're, you know, landing in a an indie project. Indie people are always looking for who's willing to promote for us, who's out there. Yes, they're paying attention to maybe a little bit how many social followers you have, but also just do they understand the business of the business, which is the promoting side. Yeah, we have to sell these things. Right. It's not just how good a project can we make if no one is going to, if it's not ever going to be in the black. That's right. And and that's why, you know, every celebrity is out all you always see them. They're promoting every project they're in because it's in their contract that they have to. Right. They have to do a certain number of promotions, promotional interviews and all of that, because everybody is trying to put butts in the seats. So the more that you can show that I've done interviews, press already knows who I am. Right. If they see a few articles pop up, sure. they're going to be like, oh, they understand how to handle themselves. They understand. And there is an audience and there are reporters. There is media who's interested in them. So it's it's just smart um, to and and so many, you know, the biggest thing is that. So many actors are fearful, right? They're like, I don't understand. I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's a big enough part. I don't think anybody will care. And that's what a lot of who I get, right? People reaching out to me going, I'm not sure if this is something I should do or not. Is it worth not. promoting? Right. Will I be embarrassed? Will people wonder why I did this? Exactly. Is it bragging? Is it, you know, and that's a lot of just fear, and I want every actor and or creator to know, get over it. It's not your job to determine if it's worthy of coverage. That's a reporter's job. Mm-hmm. So let them decide, hey, do I like this story? Is this a, interesting? Will my audience like it? You're, you're, uh, what you need to do and focus on is putting it out there for them. So answer this for me, because <laughs> I'm on your team with this, but I, I think it's important for people to really hear this in brass tacks. Why is it not bragging? What is the difference between okay, bragging and publicity? Yes, yes. Okay. So here's where I think that utilizing publicity, going after a press article, mm-hmm. gives you an opportunity to add a layer of credibility Hmm. that you can't get anywhere else. And I say that because suddenly it's not you going, look at me, look at me, I'm in this, watch this. It's a reporter going, look at him, look at him, watch him in this, yeah. check him out. And it doesn't come off for whatever the perception by, you know, just from the public, yeah, um, from your friends even. I mean, exactly. and it, you know, it's, it suddenly is like, oh my God, that's, cool they see the headline they see a picture and suddenly they click and they read the article yeah and i don't even think it matters anymore because there is so much online i don't think people even pay attention to the source 
they're not paying attention to, well, what outlet is that? What magazine is that? Is that? Yes, if it happens to be a huge one or an industry trade, certain people are going to notice that. Sure. But the general public, Mm-mm. they're not. They're just reading the headline and seeing the picture and clicking and going, oh, that's cool. And so that's where it suddenly then, it's not you bragging. And, it, and it, I have found... Um, in working with the you know thousands of people that I've worked with over the many years I've been doing this, is that it feels less icky for people too. Yeah. You know, suddenly you're, you'll share that article and you don't feel gross about it the same way that you're like, I just have to put a post out about it. You know, you're like, I don't know what to share a post. I don't know what image to use. And suddenly it feel when you have something else and you're like, here's the headline in the in the image and here's the link. It doesn't feel gross. It, just it doesn't, doesn't feel gross. And I also think that to some extent, if it feels like bragging, you don't understand what business you're in yet. <laughs> I mean, there's there's so many things going on right now. Like there's fewer movie stars than ever before. Everything is intellectual property and these brands that are bigger than than hundreds of like, the Avengers is a bigger brand than Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. You know, like yeah. there are these gigantic brands. Yeah. And so for you to actually be an important player in any way, shape or form, you need to take responsibility for that piece or you will never get noticed or you will get swallowed up at best. Right. And and because there is so much content out there now from so many platforms, it's different than we've ever experienced before, right? 10 or 15 years ago, it was still contained in, you know, streaming was just coming into play. Mm-hmm. You know, most people were still had cable, mm-hmm. you know, or some form of What's satellite that? TV or what exactly. <laughs> I mean, so there were still it was still very much a controlled now it's there's a new platform popping up every week it feels like with celebrities participating in shows that you're like what is that I've never even heard of that there are things nominated for big awards now that you're like I haven't even seen that yeah that was under I mean 10 years ago that would never have happened yeah 1917 basically being released after Christmas yeah that would not have happened or that would have been considered a huge failure exactly so it, it just, things don't happen like that. Well, it's anymore. also recognizing that part of your job is to get people to see your work. Yeah. Because otherwise it won't get noticed. And that it's all like putting equity into the same thing and yeah. building a bigger fire together. And gosh, if I invite somebody to be even in my short film, if they then put it on their Instagram and talk to their agent about it and get someone fun to the, come to the, to the premiere and their good friend you know runs a brewery and all of a sudden they're sponsoring right. it. I feel a lot of love for this project. There's more ways that it's getting out. That's just doing right by your work. Exactly. And I think expecting that to just magically happen for you where people should watch it is at best uninformed and at worst righteously lazy. Absolutely. I have always thought and said and shared that you can be amazingly talented, but if nobody knows about it, then what is the point? You're not really sharing your art then with the world, right? That is your responsibility, and it is easier to do than ever before. You have to be promoting stuff. You have to be sharing it, even on a very low level, like just getting all of your peeps to shout out about it, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean, and share it. That's at minimum you've got to be doing at least that or or you are just creating in a vacuum and i think at some point as an artist that's going to weigh on you you yeah. know what i mean and that's that's where i think a lot of people get discouraged i'll tell you i didn't even expect it uh starting the podcast but i drop an episode and somebody posts about it yeah the, you know the guest at five different places right keeps it talked about during the week it's much better for the episode, for the podcast, and it's uh, than than someone who never mentions it or just exactly. you know re- retweets once or something, which is nice. But all of a sudden, you realize like, oh, they they're in this really with me. They're, and it makes me feel like they're really proud that they did the podcast well, and they really like what they said on the episode and they exactly. were honored to be here. Well, and, and well, that's the same thing of j- even just me. I, you know, I'm going to share this, yep. right? I mean, why wouldn't I? I hope so. Yeah, I will. (laughs) Um, But I mean, I'm going to share it with everybody I know because not only is it, because I am out to educate actors and Mm -hmm. and people of what they can do for themselves, but I'm also out, I'm thankful and appreciative that you even thought to bring me in to do this. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about why. Let's talk about why. (laughs) So Tammy and I have actually worked together a couple times and we're going to talk about that, but first let's go backwards. Okay. And let's just talk about how does Spotlight PR come to exist? How do you... 
you know, I didn't, when I went to college, no one was saying like, do you want to get into PR when you're in theater school? Right. So how, how does that begin for you? Is it communications? Is it, you know, were you a journalist? Like, how does that yes, I went, begin? So I, yeah, I went to college for communication and film production. Okay. So I came from both of those and I wasn't exactly sure how to, fit into any of that. I moved, I, I went to USC, mm-hmm. and after that, I moved to New York for a few years, and I was working at a post-production house there. Okay. Because again, not, you know, you're in your 20s, you're filling out what you want to do, trying different things, and it's trying not like to- you can be that choosy at that time that, either. It's exactly, like, oh, I got a job I, at a post-production exactly. house. Exactly, I'm like, woohoo! Dinner, I'm this is gonna be great. Job. <laughs> exactly. And and that was cool. It was like it was back in the day where MTV was produced out of that at that house, and it was it was a production and post production, and it was just cool. I met a lot of people. I got a taste of lots of different areas of production, and I one of my friends that that a gal who worked there too and became a friend went to work at a broadcast PR firm, and she called me up one day and said, "We have an opening, and I think you just need a change." And I had been there a couple years, and she was right. I just needed to do something different. I was at, learned what I could learn, and I was ready. So I went over, and I became a manager at a broadcast PR firm, overseeing lots of publicists who were freelance, mm-hmm. who were bookers. And they were basically booking different experts on different interview opportunities. Interesting. So, And I had never really dabbled in that. And I was so I learned it on the job, kind of what is this and what am I doing? Um, and I found that, wow, it was kind of fun. And and we were doing all kinds of different topics. It was subjects. It wasn't just entertainment. There was mm-hmm. some entertainment, but there was also automotive and there was fashion and there was medicine. And there. so it was a variety of stuff. It was very corporate, you know, and, and I was like, okay, I get it. And I did that for a while. And then I decided I wanted to move back to LA, which is where I'm from. And uh, because New York was way too cold. I just don't have the blood for that. (laughs) Welcome back home. Exactly. And, um, and I thought, you know, I when I did, I became one of those freelance publicists then. Mm -hmm. And and worked for that company just in a different capacity. And I did that for a little while. And suddenly my actor friends who I, I knew were, I'm like, they would book something. They would book a job. Uh, like a guest star on something or sure. uh, an indie film or something. And they and I was like, we should try and get some PR for you. Let's see what we can do. And it was started working. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was right around the time that the internet boom um, was taking over news, right? Like all the newspapers, the printed editions were starting to fold mm-hmm. and things were going online. And so all those online outlets needed content. Right? They needed, I mean, they're 24 seven. It's not, it's different. Everyone's content hungry. <laughs> right, exactly. And and so suddenly then those entertainment reporters were like, yeah, yeah, sure, we'll talk to them or we'll write about that. And I was like, oh. And it was a few different people, a coach, a, a career coach, and, a, and then uh, another acting coach who was just like, this, you're onto something. I think that there's a market for this. And I realized that there was no affordable uh, PR for the working class actor. There, it just didn't exist. Enter Spotlight PR. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened. And I tested it out for at least a year just with my friends to see, okay, can this really work? When you have the unique skills to do it, you know how to write a press release, you understand how you get that to outlets, what outlets are going to be interested in, how to choose them. And and that's where I did all my research on which ones are really going to have interest in actors at the sort of journeyman rising level as opposed to just the celebrity. And so I was able to really hone that into, okay, here's a package. Here's what I can do in a way that's affordable mm-hmm. that and effective. And that was really my goal is I wanted to make it super simple. I wanted to make it affordable for people and I wanted, but I most of all wanted it to actually work. I wanted it to be effective. I wanted it to get results. And if, cause if it wasn't going to get results, then I'm not going to do it. Cause I'm totally, yeah, if you know point? me, I'm honest, uh, totally honest about what I think our options are, our opportunities and what I think we can really do. So if someone, uh, gets a guest star on something yeah. and they, and they want to hire you to do this, what do you think their expectations should be? Okay. Well, I think that the first thing is you have to understand the timing of mm-hmm. it and really 
the biggest factor in landing PR is creating that urgency for a reporter to want to cover you right now. And I think that's the biggest thing is that I get, and one of the biggest mistakes people make is they wait till too late. Like my episode aired, you know, two months ago, and now I want to try and get, get PR on it. And it's, no, you can't. They really have the interest as it's premiering. And if you pay attention to any of the interviews or articles that you read, that's when they cover it. Yep. Right? So that's the easiest way to try to hook them as to why they want to cover you right now. Um, and then it's a matter of serving up, okay, here's here's why you want to cover them and here's what who they are and what who they play in the show and we can't we can tease it and and here's why you might find them interesting and it comes back to some of those other angles of what else do they have. And so the expectation then is um, if it's like a project that everybody knows about. If it's if you've gotten a role like a guest star role on a TV show that's mm-hmm. a hit yep. and people know about it, reporters know about it. The the easiest way for me to try to get some attention for that is go after reporters who cover that show. Exactly. Right. Um, and cover TV and cover you know anything about that show. In addition to going after some who just like to cover actors on the rise, you know. And there are some just general entertainment ones who like to just hear it. Hey, who's that? We didn't know about that. Everyone likes to discover somebody. Exactly. Exactly, because then later on they can go, oh, we did a first interview, and then they can come back and get you when you're, you know, big and famous. But I really tell people on a on a something where you you have like a single episode, it's an appearance with um, sort of the way I put my campaigns together. You know, anywhere from like you know two to six articles, mm-hmm. it's probably a good is good and it really just depends on a lot of factors of well what what show is it and how big is your role and what can we really say and and timing is always key right now you know if if it's during award season at all it's a little bit harder because mm-hmm. there's people are covering you know all these different awards Brad Pitt's talking about his Tinder profile and <laughs> right. whether he's holding Jennifer Anderson's <laughs> right. hand and it's just not maybe the moment we're going to care about your guest star on SWAT so it does there's a lot of factors that can play on why two versus six but um, my I look at it as my job I can't make a reporter write a story about you. Mm-hmm. But what I can do is make sure they're aware of the opportunity and that they understand the story and and follow up to see if there is interest there and find out, well, why isn't there? Is there something we could do? Is it the timing of it? Is it that you just, you're already booked up? Is it, you know, there are lots of reasons, you know, why they may not do it. And it ha- probably has nothing to do with, well, I just don't like them. No. I mean, that's not, <laughs> they, you know, they don't know you well enough to have that personal exactly, opinion. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So don't take it personally. Mm-hmm. But um, but typically, you know, a, 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 what I, like a one-off campaign where we put out a press release about this one role and trying to get you some stuff, Two to six is usually around what we can expect. So you and I have worked together, I want to say four or five times. Yeah. It's right around there. I was trying to remember all of them. But you do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, can't, I don't think I can. But the basic experience is kind of walk someone through it who might be interested is, I, I'm trying to remember how I first heard about you, but I reached out I online. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who it first was, but it was either. also like eight years ago. Yeah. So I feel, I don't feel terrible about that. <laughs> uh, but I know that I reached out to you. What that ended up was a phone conversation mm-hmm. that, and then where you were asking about both the project and about me, mm-hmm. which is where you're learning some of these things to find that specific hook and angle. Exactly. There's a really lovely, thorough, easy to fill out form that kind of uh, doubles down on all of that. Where I call you it have my info sheet. The info sheet. Yep. So you fill that out, and the better you do, the more I reveal with that, the easier it is for you to do your job. Yes. And then from there, you drafted a press release that you gave to me. Like, do you have any little notes? Is there anything that you that you particularly love or you want to change? We go back and forth a little bit, and then out into the world it goes. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, well, what you offer, first of all, is that you will, how long will you represent that article on, so, or us on so that article's behalf? So with my sort of basic package, as yeah. it stands today, I call it my target package, okay? okay? And it really, what it is, is it's for 45 days is what the terms are, I say, because that's usually how long the shelf life of that press release is. It, it depends sure. a little bit on how much lead time we have, because mm-hmm. you don't always get as much. Sometimes you find out, oh, it's airing next week. Can we still do something? Well, yeah, um, but I'd like to have a little more time up front. If 
if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but but then there's also those stragglers who do these articles after something airs, right? Um, who heard about it, yeah, but they didn't have time, but I still want to cover it. Or they do it after because they want the actor to be able to speak candidly about yeah. the project. Mm-hmm. I'm finding that more and more now is that reporters are publishing after something airs as opposed to leading up to it. And and it's great because then you can talk. You yeah. know what I mean? Then you can talk about that character and that experience and all you that. Talk about spoilers. Exactly. So, but with my so with my target package, I call it a target package because I really like to hone in on the 100 outlets that I think we should target with your press release. And that includes stuff of like, where do you want to target? Exactly. And that can be, I just have always dreamed of being an X magazine exactly. or, well, I personally am from the Bay Area. So what about like the San Francisco Chronicle or even my local Hometown paper? Hometown outlets always are great. Even if you're doing it yourself, reach out to your hometown outlet mm-hmm. because it, it gives them a local tie in mm-hmm. addition to having that urgency of why they want to. There's a reason why they should too. You grew up there, you know, or whatever. Um, and uh, it, it they always do a lovely article with yeah. lots of images because you're the, it's what we call the hometown hero effect. Um, and they want to you know, boast about, hey, somebody from our town went out in Hollywood and is making it. He's doing it. Yeah. I mean, that's cool because not everybody is doing that. And one thing that I've learned by doing it a number of times, because I did it, I know I definitely did it for Longmire, yes. for Full Circle. Yep. I did it when I had the big recurring on Halt and Catch Fire. Yes. That was the most recent one yes, we did. that was. And one thing I've noticed is also doing it multiple times, all of a sudden you start to have a press book. Yes. And that is so many things. That is when you meet an agent, it's 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 a it's a bunch of credibility indicators. It's uh, content for your throwback Thursdays forever. Forever. It adds <laughs> up and here's the thing is like you might think in isolation like okay, well one article for my hometown paper, it makes me feel a little uncomfortable or like what is that going to do exactly? If you are advertising yourself as an actor think about how many you know and how many have articles written about them because they worked and the answer is almost none and that i think has a psychological effect on yourself i think it does have a psychological effect on the world around Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. i absolutely know that if agents casting producers are following you on social media and they see you written up for working either consciously or unconsciously that helps them see you as someone who works someone who can be bought someone who's going to promote right you're in the game yeah. They see you immediately as somebody who's, oh, they're in the game. They get it. This is a business. They see you treating your career as a business. And this is the business side. And I know a lot of people go, oh, I hate the business side. But that's what this is. Well, and for anyone who does think I hate the business side, I mean, I, I have some empathy because, boy, it's hard. It is. And I know a lot of people feel that way. But just know that while you're rolling your eyes at it, other people are lapping you. Yes. And that's just a reality of it. And so one thing that I hope this happens from this podcast is people figure out like, oh, it's maybe it's a little more practical and a straight line than I thought and that there's there's people who can help me. And if I just kind of do it, just I'll realize it. that it's that's actually kind of fun. Yeah, it's it really it can be. And I'll tell you, seeing articles and getting to do interviews about being on the final season of Halt and Catch Fire, a show that I had loved yeah. for years on a network I admired and then getting to see that show be on top 10 of the decade lists and be like, oh, I'm a I'm a fucking I'm a part of that. Yes, that does something for my soul. It does something for my reps. Absolutely. And and you just said it is that it creates that shareable those. I think every press article you should treat as a marketing individual marketing tool. Right. Go on. Tell me more. Yes. You can share those like you were saying online with your reps, every single individual article. You don't have to wait to put them all together in a press book or in an EPK or just post them on your website. But you could be if you have been in the game, then you're probably creating that newsletter, that mailing list Mm -hmm. or what or you get your reps. Hey, this is a yeah, I've had a few articles, but this one's really good. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should just send that one out individually. You could even print it. Mm-hmm. and mail it. People are not mailing a lot of stuff anymore, no. right? So what happens if you, you know, take, t- pull it offline, right? Pull it, grab it. I always tell people you should always grab a hard copy, you know, create a PDF of every article as well because if something happens to that online site and mm-hmm. they suddenly purge their old articles, you want to make sure you still have it. Yeah. By the way, that's hot tip. But, um, <laughs> but, but so, 
print it out and send it. Mail it to people that you whose office you've been coveting and you can't get into. And it, instead of just sending them a postcard. You know, I teach business and part of what we, what we teach people is you've got to have a marketing plan. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we do teach the basics of, 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 you know, digital mailers and postcards. But it's not that that's what marketing is. It's that's the simplest. That's yes. the bottom line. That's the cheapest. You don't have to do much to do that. Yes. It's not to say that postcards are the way to market. It's to say marketing is... Here's the basic principles of it. You got to do it. You got to do it regularly and consistently. Right. But what you send is actually entirely your business. And that the moment that becomes fun yeah. is the moment that your career takes a step forward. Yeah. And to me, sending an article about being in a really great show is way more fun than some of the postcards I used to send. Uh, well, Nothing absolutely. against them, but I would choose the article every time. Well, again, because it's not just you saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. It's you saying, oh, here I wanted to share this report, this article, and mm-hmm. the reporter is saying, look at him, look at him, look at him. And people have so much trouble with, the, this is always the crux of the marketing issue, is what do I say in my message? What do I put, what's, what do I, what do I put yeah. on the postcard? Right. And on one hand, I get it, and on the other, Message, it's a marketing ad. No one cares when they get a Bed Bath & Beyond coupon. What did Bed Bath & Beyond say to me today? Ooh, there's a coupon. To, no, there's, oh, it's Bed Bath & Beyond. They exist. But you transcend that question when someone has written 500 words about you. Yes. It's like, well, I don't have to worry about the message. This lovely other person was very interested in me, and they did that. Exactly. You put a little post-it on it, just wanted to share this with you. You know, so excited, thought you would, thought you might enjoy the, reading this. You yeah. know, not sure that you saw this. Yeah. You know, those kinds of things. And then it's just a simple, and they, it's the same, like you said, it really is just about, they need to see your name in your face. They need yeah. your name in their face, you know. And by sending them something that's a little different, they might actually, it stands you out. know, pause and, and actually look at it. Yeah, yeah, it sticks out, which is what hopefully you want with your marketing tools. That's the whole point is that you don't want them to just toss it in the round bin over on the in the corner. <laughs> so I have another question for you. Yes. So I messed up a little bit in that I, I did a recurring on a Hulu show mm-hmm. and I didn't get it together in time to get a press release on it. Okay. It was very it was a it was it was I didn't expect it to be a number of episodes. It was originally very small in two and then this kept bringing me back, which was awesome, but always unexpected. And it was in North Carolina, so I was flying myself over there. So okay. just it was it was, it was a, bit, a lot. It was a lot going on at the yes. time. But here's what I'll tell you. Love the show. Really proud of it. Reprisal on Hulu. Please check it out. Um, episodes six through ten I have a sweet mustache um, <laughs> but here's what I'll tell you that was hard about that is this streaming thing where all the episodes drop in a day yes on one hand the day it drops it feels like Christmas because all of a sudden there's like oh my god I'm in this fucking show you can watch a ton of it right. the people who who know you and really are excited for it can watch it but normally that would have been 10 weeks right and we could have done 10 press releases in right. theory you can build that so what do you tell people who are having this streaming experience now are we real is there a new strategy about how to take the most advantage of this cuz the the time is so truncated it is it is and it isn't because you still can't even though something drops on a specific day n- most people are not watching all 10 the, in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So you have to, if you are on something that's like, spoiler alert, you know, that kind of thing, you have to be careful. Mm-hmm. And you'll see that even, you know, big celebrities are not always revealing, you know, they're a little worried too about the same issue of when is it okay to actually tell everything and mm-hmm. give the goods. I think, so I think you can create, I think you can treat it um, in like that, like it were rolling out for a few weeks at okay. least. Um, because again, um, nobody's going to watch uh, most people, depending on what it is. There's so much content. There's most so things much. don't most get watched not opening watch, weekend. Sit down and watch all 10 within the first week. They're just not going to do it. Yeah. Um, they don't have that kind of time. Maybe they'll watch a few, like two here, two tonight, you know, watch another two. Because it's all marketing, day. and that show is a brand that they're probably not familiar with yet. Right. So Ex- they need to hear it 20 exactly. times before they're going to, yeah. Exactly. And I would pay attention. I think you could start your marketing as soon as the streaming co- service, Hulu, or yeah. whoever, um, starts theirs for that project. So once the teaser drops, that's when the first that's thing comes. That's when you can start saying, I'm in this. And you'll notice they're going to start probably a good month it was a month Ever. and a half when the teaser trailer okay. came out and a month so, before. So you do the same thing. And and in that respect, you're treating it very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just all of your episodes are going to premiere on a single day. 
So you you do want a more front end outreach to press to say, here's what's happening, which is why they're starting at six weeks out. A lot of shows, you know, depending on what it is, um, they won't get heavy until a couple before. Well, they may get heavier promotional. They may pay for more ads even earlier with that streaming because they know once it drops, they're having the same issue, too, is that once all those episodes are out, then where do we go? Yeah. Right? Which is why I think on some level once a week is slightly making a return and i think it's gonna a little bits and pieces they'll always they'll, some things will be binged forever but yes I yes i think a compromise is coming and i think i think the streamers are still figuring out their marketing mm-hmm. for stuff some of them don't care uh, as much some of them are not putting as much money um you know netflix i don't feel like they're putting as much money to like anything with a celebrity i take this back but it's anything weird with a celebrity they put money towards i mean but mindhunter but, is one of their biggest shows yeah. from three years ago it yeah. took two years off the show comes back it's david fincher yeah. it's it's a brand people know and the marketing barely existed for yeah. that and now that show is not coming back. Yeah. It's it, it's a strange world. I think that they don't know because they're it's it's different because with the streamers like that, those are, you know, membership, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't necessarily need to show adver- they don't do advertising the same way. They just it's need different. buzz. Right. They need the buzz and they need the name a little bit. And once that like a show that's in a season two or season three, they may not put as much. Nobody ever puts as much towards a season two or three anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So really, they may feel like we've gotten the majority of what we need out of that because we've gotten those members hooked now. So now we don't really need to promote that show. Interesting. So they may not. And that's when you as the individual who's in the project need to step up and get your own personal PR. I wish I could go back in time. I would right. have done it. Ah, you, Yeah, you know, I had I one. known that you booked it, I, missed I would have one. said. I missed one. You know, but that's okay. Yeah. It, you know, you do the best you can, right? Exactly. And sometimes you miss it for various reasons, whether the timing is off or the, the budget doesn't allow or the whatever, you know, the, or the studio. Mm-hmm. Now, that's another thing with the non-disclosure agreements. You know, you have to be a little careful. I work with studios all the time, networks and studios, and reaching out to them to say, hey, you know, my client is in this. Mm-hmm. What do you have talking points? When can they say something? Are there official images that we can share? What do you have for us? Yeah. And then I let them dictate. Um, and you as an individual artist can reach out to them too if you're not working with a publicist. I will say you may not get an answer. <laughs> they tend to answer the publicist faster. Yeah. Um, I just had a client uh, two days ago say, I've been trying, you know, reaching out to the to this, the um, PR team of this show. It's a streaming show. And he's like, and they just, they're sort of hemming and hawing on when it's going to premiere. And I'm like, send me the contact that you've been talking to. I reached out within an hour. I had an answer. You know, I mean, it's, they just again it's it's they take it more seriously when you have somebody representing you Mm -hmm. um it's kind of the same with casting sometimes if you submit self-submit versus your people submit it's just a different level they pay attention faster they're they're more apt to respond and if they're going to drop all 10 the odds are there is that time that leeway time for it to happen because they're locking all the picture they got a lot of work to do it's not just getting the first three ready exactly so i you still have uh the strategy is still you can roll your pr out over many weeks yeah but um you may start earlier so tell me in terms of what an actor might already have or should be working to accrue to make themselves the best possible client. Yes. I mean, They're we're talking box. yeah, we're talking some one-offs, <laughs> so some of that is just like booking the job. Yeah. But I would imagine that in terms of pictures, yeah. social media, yeah. um, having a really good bio, things like that, that there's things that you can either be developing, um, slowly paying people for, however you want to do it. Yes. What are the tools that people should be having in place or building before they need them. Yes, in your toolkit, there are things that absolutely you probably already have, you might already have, Mm -hmm. um, but there are then things that specifically you can tailor it for press Mm -hmm. or just for the public. Okay. Okay, so I really feel like every actor should treat their own personal website as a hub for all of their promotion and for their career. And the reason I think that it's important for every actor to have a website is because you control it. Okay. Whereas, you know, I know a lot of people rely on just IMDb, but Mm -hmm. IMDb only tells a very small picture of your career. 
right? It mm-hmm. only tells film and television. It doesn't really give a full picture of any theater nope. um, or any indie project that's not on there, although most of them are able to now get on. Mm-hmm. It used to be that you have to screen at a festival. It was a lot harder. Yeah. Now it's much easier to get those on there. But sometimes the PR, the production team, they don't put their stuff on in a timely fashion or whatever. Sure. But you have control. The bio that you put on IMDb, be careful, you know, because you may not be able to change it. So you better make sure that it's, I always tell people, very small, stick to the facts. Don't make it a timely at all. Be very much like, this was an award I won. This is my education. This is where I'm from. I feel so bad when I read this. You sometimes <laughs> will hear like, check out this person's IMDb and tell me they didn't write their own bio. Yeah. And it's like, well, probably 15 years ago, before anyone knew who they were, they were like home trying to drum up some business for themselves, exactly. and they put themselves out there, and now there's this like kind of embarrassing bio exactly. they'll never be able to take down. And exactly. And it's so, what I always tell you, it's do anything you don't own yourself or have no control over, just keep it, keep to the facts. Mm-hmm. Then in your own website, you have, and everybody should have, that bio that they feel good about. And that's something that I think most... Uh, actors don't. Most actors hate writing their own bio, yes. and that is something so else that do Tammy it. does. Yes, yes. I work with people all the time crafting a bio because I think that it's a tool for you to use, it's a tool for your reps to use, it's a tool that I use for press mm-hmm. because when I'm you know, putting out the press release and all that, yes, I do like to include a little bit of your history in that press release, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have your whole history, it doesn't have everything, I can't possibly fit that all in. Sure. And if a reporter is smart, they're going to want to read more about you to craft better questions and to have, you know, just a better conversation and to learn more about you. And so your bio should be that. And I tell people always put one surprise in your bio that I wouldn't know anywhere else. Love that. Can be what that's my one surprise rule. Um and what's the surprise in your bio? I'm trying to remember now because you sent it to me. What is the surprise in oh, your bio? Oh in that bio I don't think I have it in there. Um I don't think. For, What's a, can you give us an example of a good yeah, surprise? So um, something that should be in there is that when I was three years old, I was on the Kellogg's Cornflakes box. <laughs> Amazing. And most you wouldn't know that. No. Right. So um, I, you know, I grew up a commercial kid. So I did commercials. And but that was my very first thing I did. I was three and I was Fantastic. on the box and I did the commercial. And and um, you wouldn't know that from anywhere else. It, it's a funny thing. And it says, you know, whatever. And yes, I still have a whole bunch of those boxes. My mother was crazy and they still have cornflakes in them. It's yes. perfect. <laughs> but um, but so that's a, that's just a fun tidbit. And absolutely I think that's fun. Right. Okay. So you always want to include and the surprise doesn't have to be fun. It can be something that just is who you are. It can be something, you know, about um, you now or about you when you were a kid, whatever. But just one surprise. I think people are going to be worried. Like, is it too vulnerable or what if it's so don't hot put it in. button or so don't put it in. If mm. you think if you if you have concern about it, I think people should never share. And this is even in an interview or in your bio or online in your social media or wherever. If you are stressed at if it stresses you out, then don't put it in. However, if it's something that is stressed out because you're worried about what the perception of somebody else, like a lot of women worry about, well, I don't want my age to be out there, right? Mm-hmm. Or a lot of people worry, I think it's less of a concern now, but sexual orientation was mm-hmm. always a really big thing. Or relationship status, I don't mm-hmm. want people to know, I gotta make them think I'm single, so I still seem available. Yep. You know, so all Their of these, <laughs> exactly. So all of these things, I always tell people, whether it's just in life or whatever, in your persona, in you, to putting yourself out in your career, including during an interview, have an answer for that. Yes. That is comfortable for you, that doesn't, isn't, I would say the easiest thing for you to remember is not a complete lie, <laughs> yes. right? So have a way to craft an answer that fits your personality, that you'll remember easily, that just plays it off without maybe giving away you know, the exact detail, right? Gotcha. Um, so like for age, you know, I've I've often said, so, you know, you don't have to tell your age, but if it comes up, you you know, I, I would, I, like, for example, I would say, well, I can't tell you my age, because exact, my exact age, because <laughs> it would irritate my mother to know that my age was out there because it kind of ages her <laughs> and she would never forgive me. 
you know, that kind of thing. Um, so, which doesn't really say anything, but it's at least an answer and it's kind of funny and kind of everybody can yeah, go, there's charm okay, in it. Yeah. you know, so, um, but it doesn't reveal anything that I'm not comfortable with. So mm-hmm. you should never feel like you're caught off guard with one of these hot button questions or hot button issues for yourself. Absolutely. Always create something that you feel good with. So what else do we need to be, like how many photos should somebody be having? How many, how constantly should we be getting headshots versus lifestyle photos? Versus the editorial stuff, yes. So I do, it depends on what level you're at and what you're promoting Okay. Um, and, and why. So everybody should have, I, whenever I do a campaign, I like to have one main photo that that's like the main one we use for that. It's usually a headshot or if you have editorial shots and there's one that we're crafting for that, then it's that. And it should relate to the project. Perfect. For example, if you're in a comedy, it should feel light and fun and and promote you in that, that you would be in that comedy, yeah. you know? Um, versus if it's dark and gritty, you want it to come off, let's use your theatrical headshot or an editorial that shows you, showcases you dark and gritty. Gotcha. Right, it should coordinate. And from there, a lot of times you're not allowed to share behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. or anything in character prior to the release, right? So it's nice if you have some form of an editorial shot that coordinates additionally with that character, mm-hmm. right? So that's when an editorial can be really great because then it still gives those visuals that all the reporters want. Because they most of the time, they want to print several photos. But again, you may not have it, right? Yeah. You know, it just depends on what you're working on. Um, so I always tell people, snap BTS stuff. Snap that stuff from on set because you can share it after. And like I said, more reporters are sharing things printing things after, right? After release, yeah. So then they could share something behind the scenes with you and the director or you in character. They may be able to do that. But if it's something leading up to, or if it's when I put your press release out, I also put it online in my newsroom. Mm -hmm. I want to put some visuals to go along with it. Absolutely. And so that's when an editorial is great. And I think that creating that same character or similar character, but just in a different setting, Right to create an editorial uh, style lifestyle shots that go with that campaign can be really smart because then it gives them lots of visuals to show, showcases you, showcases your castability, mm-hmm. right? That's where you can totally show off, this is me, this is that, and you're not gonna get in trouble from production. Mm-mm. And they're fun, right? And then after we use them, I would say don't, you may wanna, if you're taking them specifically to to coordinate with that campaign, hold off on posting them on social mm-hmm. until you make sure that we don't want to use them as an exclusive photos for a particular outlet. Being able to call them exclusive matters. Yes, both in an interview, both in an in you know when I'm when I can use the term exclusive. What if I take? What if I do a whole look? Yeah, editorial look and this whole you know it's going to be this shirt and this mm-hmm. location. I use photos one, two, and three on my social. I've never used four, five, and six. Is They're it still, still exclusive, exclusive, even though the look has uh, yes. debuted, yes, so they to speak? Are. Great. They are, because they've never been seen. Wonderful. Right? So they're exclusive photos. They're from a session that, yeah, you've shared some, but not all of them. And I would say, so So if you're wanting to do that, one fun way to do that where you can still sort of show them on social as you're doing them is take some BTS from you at the photo shoot. Yeah. And then it sort of shows you and puts it out there of, I'm shooting my editorial shots today, which yeah. is people are like, wait, what? Yeah. Right? It makes it even sound cooler. It does. I mean, because suddenly you're taking lifestyle photos for promotional purposes. I also think act- a lot of actors don't love taking headshots. They find that to be an awkward experience. Yeah. Editorial's the really fun, fun one. That's just acting. Exactly. That's that's way more in your element than exactly. the headshot is ever going to be. Those you're creating like the mood, you know, yeah. you're setting the scene, you're and it should be more fun. You're going to see visually, you're going to see more of the background and where you're at and it's 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 so and wardrobe much wardrobe gets to matter more exactly, and yeah. Exactly. And it doesn't have to you're not trying in those to fulfill a casting um, tool. Yeah. That's not a, it doesn't, that's not the purpose, right? Your headshots are, 
I want you to, your, in fact, your agent or your rep may have even said, well, we need a business shot. We need mm. a, this shot. We need an everyman shot. We need your we need, best buy shot. Exactly. Blue I mean, polo. So you're like, okay. So you're doing stuff that you're already like, I hate this. Like, I got to get these. Instead, the editorial lifestyle stuff should be you talking to your photographer and your your publicist and figuring out what are we wanting to show off here? What can we do? How can we create this? What's the mood? What's a few different outfits? Maybe you change your outfits three times. Do you advise people on some editorial content? What I, would be helpful to have? I do. And it's fun. It's, what's funny is that I'm actually putting together a new sort of class Mm -hmm. um, that'll probably have it's gonna launch later this year I'm teaming up with a photographer wonderful that I know and we are putting together our tips for um, red carpet but we're also putting together tips for editorial so that you um, so that actors can understand what why it's important what the difference is why you need it how you can use it all of these things that we're kind of going over now and so much more and I'll unveil that probably later this year couple more questions. Mm-hmm. Tell me about uh, your view on what an actor should be doing with their social media and how that might be useful in PR. That's part of your toolkit, mm-hmm. right? So you got to have it. And I think even when you say got to have it, I think you have to be on at least one platform. OK, so that could be Facebook, Instagram, Pick Twitter, one. TikTok, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. But commit to one. Commit to one. And better I think- to commit to one than to dabble in five. Yes. On the other four, you can simply say you can post once in a while maybe on those if you want go grab your your you know name yeah. so that you have it and if you can get the same one on all of them even better yeah um but and and then in the little bios there say you want m- more updates about i'm uh, you know catch me on instagram or catch me on wherever one you've chosen mm-hmm. and it should be the one that you feel like the most comfortable with that you also feel like you're going to gain the most fans on mm. Right, because you're really, where are your fans? Well, that depends a little bit on what am I working in? What am I doing? What's the age range of the fan that I'm probably gonna get? Because different ages play out on different platforms a little Mm -hmm. more, right? It seems like a lot of actors and visual artists, so like filmmakers and stuff, are gravitating towards Instagram now Mm -hmm. uh, because it's a visual, right? And because I think the expectation on Instagram isn't necessarily a daily post. You know, you might go on. I tell everybody, spend at least 15 minutes a day. Just go on, even just to interact. That's how you're going to start to show you're on it, you're active. You don't have to post every day. I think four really good posts, three to four good posts a week are better than lousy posts every day. Or like half-assed What makes a good post? Um, Well, I like people to stick to what I call the 80-20 rule, which is 80% fun, educational, it's in service of you, right? In mm-hmm. service of, of whoever's gonna see this. It's, I'm trying to you know offer you something. And then 20% is about me. So if you're doing three posts a week, two that are fun, that highlight you, one that's promotional. Great. So the promotional one can be if you're an actor slash creator. It can be about that. It can mm-hmm. be about just you know you acting. It can be you know a, a clip of an editorial. It can be whatever it is in your career. The others are um, create an editorial calendar for yourself, and that is okay. So if I need three posts a week, what are three topics? Well, one is going to be my acting career. Right? Sure. The other two. Well, what are two other things that you like mm-hmm. in the world? Maybe you are a foodie, mm-hmm. so it could be all about the latest restaurants. It could be about cool what you're cooking, recipes, or... what you're cooking, what other people are cooking, you know, whatever. And maybe you also are really into fitness, so it can be about you in that way. I'm a hiker. I go on hikes. I or here I am at the gym, or whatever it is that you're. Here's the latest article and repost mm-hmm. somebody else's, you know, cool tips for getting in shape this year, or whatever it is. Um, but but two in service and one promotional 80-20 rule. And and Some that nice is structure. on any platform, I think that because otherwise you're gonna exhaust your audience mm-hmm. on it and it becomes look at me, look at me, look at me. And that's not what you're after. The thing I also like about Instagram, and uh, I say this as someone who is actually a very political person, but Twitter and Facebook 
are are very much bathed in in a lot more controversy where yes. Instagram there's something very clean, very simple, yes. um, and a lot uh, a lot easier in interacting with it. There's like no one's getting in screaming fights on Instagram, right? And there's something I think that just like takes a lot a lot of the pressure and a lot of the stress about social yes. media. And I think that that's it's unfortunate that those other two platforms have sort of gone into those arenas more heavily. And I think it's Mark, Jack. I'm looking at both of you, ex- right? Um, seriously, I mean, and, and they have not really done anything and don't seem to be doing anything to curb that. No. So, and I do think that's why Instagram has um, sort of cap- captured a lot more of artists, yeah. right? People who, um, you know, are just on it for positive reasons. I just want to tell you about the show that I did and show you a picture of my dog. Like, exactly. That's, that's it. Exactly. It's, and, and I think it's a kinder, mm-hmm. it's a little more gentler um, platform. And so if you were going to pick one, I think Instagram's a good one. In terms of, uh, do you ever help people with media training? People who don't know how to walk a red carpet, people who don't know how to handle themselves in an interview? Yes. Um, because that is important. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, and which is why I am, again, creating a whole, like, rock the red carpet, and and it'll be an interview prep, and um, because I do think that there are a lot of people who don't, and it, and this can be at, at any level, whether it's a indie film festival, and you're there, and there's one reporter there asking you a question all the way through going to, you know, big, huge carpets, um, or a, an interview with a huge, you know, with Entertainment Weekly, or something like that. Like you need, there are there are things that you need to know. What I can say is- yeah, Can there, you give a tip? Okay, I was just gonna say, what I can tell people are, my best advice is there are, there are usually some generic questions mm-hmm. that you can pretty much gather you're gonna be asked. And it's usually, what's the latest, what project is it? Tell me about your project. So you need to be able to speak in sound bites, right? So that's like, Two, one to two sentences that explains the quick plot line mm-hmm. you know, of that project. What's that project about? Yeah, explain the project in a sentence. And explain how you you fit into the project. That That's sentence number two. One. Yep. yep. And then it can be, well, what was it like working on that project? So always have a really fast, funny thing you could say about working with that director or a specific actor, or maybe it was the environment you were in. Maybe it was snowing the whole time. So two sentences and a story, and a kind story. of like a, a brief one, yes. but that kind two of is a nice and formula. A story because that way you've got a few little things. That's probably if you're in a quick interview, like on a carpet or somebody's just, you know, in a, in a pool of, uh, you know, at a panel or whatever, that's probably all they have time for, right? Sure. That's what they're going to ask. Always have those. Those will help you just in your networking events yeah. too. Right? You're always getting asked, what, what have you been working on? You know, that's why Same we teach people. Thing. The tip that I have from is uh, in Salon, we teach people wins. And people think it, it, it's just like we want you to be positive all the time. And I, I'm all for positivity and optimism. But really, it's because if you can tell me one thing that you, uh, a good thing that's happened for you professionally and yeah. one thing that's happened for you personally. Yeah. I know how to start a conversation with you and I'm not going to be grasping at straws. You're basically telling me how to engage with you and doing it in a way that makes you feel good about yourself and puts your best foot forward. Yes. And like you said, it's a conversation starter. Use it as a conversation starter. Then the same way we're talking right now. I don't know Mm -hmm. what you're asking me, but we've got the conversation going and people feel comfortable and then you move on to some other topic and another topic comes up and then... That's yes. The getting started is the hardest part. Because if I told you right now, I just did a Hulu show where I got to wear a sweet mustache, and I just got my first <laughs> tattoo in memory of my my sweet dog. Aww. Like we could talk about all, there's dogs like, and mustaches and Hulu and right tattoos. There. <laughs> like tattoos. there's so many different <laughs> exactly. things, and then it's a choose your own adventure for the other right. person. Think about how many times you've been at some kind of social event. I don't yes. want to use the word networking event. A social event, yes. which is a networking event, and you just think I don't know how to talk to this person. Right. Well, well, rather than thinking that that's their problem, how about you think, how can I make myself someone people would like to talk to or know how to talk to? Yes. And look what you just did in the, the few little things that you picked out. It wasn't all about the project. Mm-hmm. You chose, yes, I just did a Hulu thing, mm-hmm. but I also, I got to get a must, <laughs> wear a sweet mustache, yep. which you don't have a mustache right now, so nope. all I can do is picture it and then be like, what was that like? And it's basically kind of like Timothy Oliphant's from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so if you can picture <laughs> this. 
I got to see it. Yep. And and you've told me you are willing to get a tattoo for something you love. Mm-hmm. And you told me you're a dog lover. So mm-hmm. most of that, you stuck to the 80-20 rule and you didn't even realize it. Thank you. I feel really good about that. Right? You trained me well. I mean, seriously, <laughs> like even just in in conversation, sticking to that 80-20 is because then it makes me go, because uh, I'm a dog lover too. And then I'm like, oh, I want to see your tattoo and what's it, who's, what's your dog, what was your dog's name and what mm-hmm. kind of dog was it? And we would talk about that. And I would feel so much like I know better who you are as a person. I would walk away with a positive experience. And that's what you're always wanting to do, whether it's a reporter or in an office or at an event or wherever you are right it just in life you want people to walk away wanting more and it, i think a lot of people want like their their audition or their scene work to be the thing people are going to remember and i'll tell you even if you're phenomenal there's lots of other phenomenal actors yes. if it's a, if it's at a film festival they're seeing a ton of other performances if it's at an audition they're seeing that same audition a hundred times the thing that they're going to remember is the personal detail that's about you because that is what sticks out you are the thing that's going to sell you well and that's what you hear all the time from casting directors too right is that there were 10 people who could do the job. It's a matter of, well, which one did we choose? Well, it's hard to describe why we chose a certain person. We know exactly why. It's because hmm. suddenly it was, that's the person I want to work with. Yeah. For whatever, you know, and, and so anytime you can create that, that give them, leave them wanting more, ha- make them feel like you're positive, that you're a, just a person. They get a feel for who yeah. you are as a person. When you do that authentically. Authentically, exactly. You win. It, it, you win big. You win really big. So we are right about at time, but we have a giveaway to talk about, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, we gotta do this before we before we wrap up. So yes. please tell the listeners uh, what they can potentially get. Okay, so. What are you offering? I'm gonna, anybody who wants, I'm giving you my P our toolkit prep guide so we went over some of the tools Mm -hmm. um, but there's even more in that because I do feel like the more you come to me prepared and ready the easier my job is the more time I can spend on actually getting you press as opposed to having to wait for the images or wait for you to get your you know website up and ready for me to promote or waiting for any of that because that's all stuff you can do in your downtime is this a PDF it's a PDF Great. So they'll, you know, I'll give you the link mm-hmm. and click on it and you'll go in there and, and put your email in and I'll send it to you. Wonderful. And it's totally free and I, I, um, and it's not something that you can get otherwise on my website. This is not like my normal free thing. I did it just for you guys. Okay. So there's going to be two ways that you can do this. You can email Tammy. Well, oh, wait, here's the other thing I'm going to yes, do. Oh, so let's get the so, other one out Okay, here. so the other thing is for the first like five people who do email me, because I'll put, well, yep. you know, um, I'll give you my email. and Perfect. It'll be in um, the show notes. Y- yes. Um, I'm going to do a 50% off of my strategy session. Ooh. So if you are not sure how to incorporate PR into your career, or maybe you have a project coming up and you want to figure that out, or maybe you need help figuring out your social media strategy, or maybe you're also a creator and you've got a project and you want to launch and you're not sure how to do that. Um, we're going to work through some action steps that you can take to get the most out of it. Okay, so if you you are one of the first five to email Tammy, you are going to get that fifty percent off the strategy session. If you and please uh, just reference the name Industry Town or that yeah. you heard her in the yes. podcast, help yes. her out a little bit. Yes. And then if you reach out to me on any of the socials or at uh, IndustryTownPodcast at gmail.com, I will pass along that PR toolkit PDF as well. So any of those and different I'll ways, I'll give you a link. Yes, to- I'll have a link in the show notes so exactly. anyone can grab it. So this will be uh, super easy and hopefully yeah. help people get their PR well, started off better for 2020. That's the whole goal. The more that you guys, I educate everybody, the easier it makes my job and it, it, the better it is for everybody. Amazing. Uh, Tammy, thank you so much for coming on Industry Town. This is awesome. I love it. I appreciate you. We'll have you back at some point, okay? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Until then. Thank you so much to Tammy. Thank you to you for listening. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, John Rosenfeld Studios. Also, a big thank you to the Headshot Truck and Horrible Haikus who donated fantastic prizes to our Oscar contest. We'll be announcing the winners real, real soon. We're going to be back with another new episode next week, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, if you could uh, give us a shout-out on the old social medias, give us a review on iTunes or Spotify, that would really be the absolute best. And uh, tell a friend. Also, don't be shy. I reach out to industrytownpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know how you're liking the show. If you have any questions, things you'd like to hear about, types of guests you'd like to hear, that would be amazing. But until then, we'll be back with a new episode next week.